This is Justin Herbert with the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. Full disclosure, today's show will revolve around a rookie snake draft. Just note, I'm on record believing rookie auctions are the best, and you can try out auction drafting at Reality Sports Online. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you 10% off, 10% off your leaguer team today. Join a mock draft to check out the platform. Support Reality Sports Online because they support us. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter at an outrage Jew. And with me, of course, is Matt Kelly. You can find him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. Okay, Matt, I brought us in. We're in. <laughs> and we're back in a super flex rookie draft. We're going right back to the well. This is what the people want, right? We are here to give the people the red meat that they crave, these animals, they want to feast, and we're going to give it to them. This is what we do, right? We, we are here for you. We are in the hospitality business. We are in the fantasy football streaming and podcast hospitality business, super flex, rookie draft, two-man <laughs> two draft coming at you. Two-man draft coming at you, Exactly. So, uh, look, I, we don't need to flip a coin. I'm going to do what I've done in the past. I'm going to go ahead and just defer. You can have the 101. I've got no issues with it. No issues. It's a gimme. It's such a gimme. It's such a huge advantage this year. I mean, yeah. it is a giant advantage. It, isn't it like the most giant advantage you could ever imagine? Uh, when you think about in potential what all these players could be in the future and what the probability that any one of these players hits their ceiling is Brees Hall who's oh. going to clearly be your pick here uh, spoiler alert is so far and away um the player that most people should be confident in uh, with what his true potential is that yeah he, he does Shh. separate from the pack quite spoiler. a bit a lot alert it's a lot i just ran the spoiler alert sounder so just so you know i don't hear it it's just the setup. It's the way that it's, it's a flaw in the eCam and S Skype and our whole setup. We were just, you know, I listen, we're saving money. Okay. The way we're doing this is we're saving money. Ecamm charges to do the streaming. So we don't pay for that. We actually send it in through Skype and through Restream. And Restream is now charging more to send it out to Twitch and Facebook. So we've stopped streaming to Twitch and Facebook because we don't want to pay. I'm just a cheap motherfucker, dude. That's really the answer. I chose a long way to say I'm a cheap motherfucker. You, you don't have to refer to yourself as a cheap motherfucker when it's just fiscal responsibility, Matt. That's all this is. Do you really need to hear it? In fact, the, the, the great thing is, like, Billy Muzio and I do a high-stakes show and I run these sounders sometimes, and he doesn't know, just like you don't, that they're even running. And it's really funny when your co-host just talks completely through the sounder, and they have no idea that they're being they're drowned out, hundred percent. It's funny. Yeah, I'm I'm insulated from everything that's taking place in the chat right now. Sounders, whatever it is, there's a third dimension that I have. 
No one heard what you just said. There was a train horn going on. You've got to be kidding me. Is there really a train horn going on? Go in the... Look at the comments. Look at the comments. The comments will tell you. Oh, my God. Someone has a Tottenham logo in the comments. Oh, my God. Jeremy Mantha, welcome to the show. Welcome to the comment stream. Oh, Premier League. Oh, I've been following the transfer market. Kieran Dewsbury Hall extends with Leicester City. So excited. So excited. So that, that was big news. Dewsbury Hall extended by the Foxes. And it looks like Everton's going after Connor Gallagher, which is interesting. I think he'd be a great fit on Everton. What do you think? Yeah, I would love to hear about Dudesbury going to... <laughs> Dudesbury Hall! Oh my God, what a great... Yeah, it's great. Dewsbury. I don't know anything about soccer, man. It's a good nickname, Dudesbury. You know, I understand soccer, but I don't watch it professionally, unfortunately. Aren't you, don't you coach your daughter's team? I, I judge the current coach. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes. You, you're Monday morning quarterbacking or Monday morning fullbacking, rightbacking, leftbacking, centerbacking. Yeah, if you want to put it in the uh, soccer lingo. And you also have to work on the pronunciation. I, I have to work on pronunciation, too. Like, it's not actually Everton. That's how Americans say it. It's Everton. 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 You say it so fast, it's like all one syllable. Everton. And I'm like, uh, did you know what Everton is uh, currently in the market for Connor Gallagher? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Everton. Anyway. This, is, this sounds like too much work. I got to be honest with you. With the 101, the Podfather selects Brees Hall. The 102 is over to you. Uh, I'm going to stick with, I think the player that I've selected in this spot before, um, scarcity at the position is driving me this direction. I'm not completely on board with the hype train that is built around the current incumbent running back. I'm going to go Kenneth Walker at two. Yeah. I'm going over Drake London. Here's the deal. Yeah, absolutely. So as much as I love the upside of any number of these wide receivers, I can get production from older wide receivers at one-fifth of the cost anywhere on the board making trades in my leagues, whether it's Brandon Cooks, whether it's Keenan Allen, whether it's any number of these players. And I understand the potential longevity of Drake London, but if Kenneth Walker ends up being the guy in Seattle, which he could be even with Rashad Penny there this year, Penny's been hurt his whole career. So I love the I love the argument that's coming out. People are talking about, you know, the last six weeks that he played, how great he looked. Looking at the numbers on player profiler, except if we zoom out and look at it as a whole, he's been woefully inactive and underused. So with that being said, Kenneth Walker's second round draft capital on a team that is probably going to see Penny go down at some point anyways. That's the direction I'm going. Hey, easy, easy. We don't wish injuries on these players, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is most NFL running backs, especially starters, miss multiple games every season. Like, that is a fact that not enough fantasy gamers fully digest. And certainly fantasy analysts don't talk about it enough. They're like, well, this player has standalone value, and that's the reason why you're drafting him. No, you're not drafting this guy, player X, because of standalone value, right? You're drafting him because there's going to be a couple games during the season when the incumbent running back is out with a hamstring injury or an MCL sprain or all the other myriad injuries that these running backs suffer. And then when you add Rashad Penny's injury history, past injuries are predictive of future injuries, then all of a sudden he becomes a lock to miss games. That's just a 
fact. That's not you rooting against Rashad Penny. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I like this pick. Most people hate this pick. I like this pick because for years we've talked about position scarcity at running back in Dynasty. Very different. Night and day difference between Dynasty and Seasonal Leagues. Where in Seasonal Leagues, you want to go 0RB, go have fun. I wouldn't do it. More of a hero RB guy. But it's a feasible strategy. It's not in Dynasty. You will go down. Because you're going to go to the waiver wire and... No one's going to be available. You're going to be between, okay, is, am I going to pick up Jeff Wilson this week? Right. Right. That's the problem, right? Am I going to go Jeff Wilson or am I going to kick the tires on Raheem Mostert? It's like, nah, man. No. You, you're, you're going down. You play that game in Dynasty. So I, I like this. What I don't like is the hamstring strain. I don't yep. like these camp injuries. They terrify me. So typically, I'm just pivoting off these these guys with the camp injuries unless they fall to me. You're moving up to take a guy who's currently injured. That's not generally the best move. It happens to every runner in the league. I mean, like you said, guys are going to get hurt. Hamstring injuries suck. The one thing is we, we don't like the soft tissue injuries. That's well known in the fantasy football space. Not only do they take players down for games or multiple games, but they nag, they persist. It, it just goes on in perpetuity throughout a season. So... Penny is one of the more probable players to get injured, but that's not the reason that I'm taking Walker. I don't think that Penny is the long-term answer in Seattle. I question why he was never used in a greater capacity after having the draft capital that he had, even with Chris Carson there. Yeah, it's not like Chris Carson was uh, Jonathan Taylor. No. except Well, that's kind of the point. Exactly. He was good. I mean, come on. Right, just as a player, looking at his efficiency metrics on playerprofiler.com, I mean, this guy was never super impressive. Breakaway runs, juke rate. He was never super involved in the passing game. It was just he was a quality grinder. But that's not enough to supplant a running back who's gonna give you these massive breakaway runs, huge spike weeks in fantasy football all-purpose skill set. I mean, that's what Rashad Penny showed in a small sample last year. But why couldn't he show that to the coaches in the previous three years and take Chris Carson's job before Chris Carson literally broke his neck and is likely done for his career? Yeah, that, that's kind of my, my point on this, too, the argument. I see a lot of this on social media right now. Rashad Penny has become the hot topic, you know, name over the last at least week, for sure, if not a few weeks. But... Why is it that all we do is cite the games where he had a greater than 50% snap share? And he did have performances in most of his games, more than half of them when he was given a above 50% snap share. Rashad Penny did deliver, and that was prior to this season as well. I mean, so he, there is a track record there, and he does look explosive. And what we saw from him over four of the last six weeks of the regular season did show a player that is incredibly talented, and we knew he was coming out of college. But exactly like you said, how come it took this long and it took an injury to literally take down Chris Carson for him to get the opportunity? And now Seattle drafts a running back early, which they didn't need to do, but they do. And the same coaches that didn't give Penny a shot previously are intact. So what makes you think that we're not going to have another situation or a by committee situation or any number of things? What we do know is Kenneth Walker's contract will outlast Rashad Penny in Seattle. It, there were two running backs that smashed in the final two weeks of the season last year. Do you remember who they were? Out of nowhere. It was 
Penny and Devin Singletary, right? Penny and Devin Singletary. Yet James Cook is getting hype. People are excited about James Cook, right? It's partly because it's the Bills offense. But no one's out here super excited about those last two weeks for Devin Singletary. Well, all Rashad Penny has are those last two weeks, right? He only had four games total with more than 11 carries. And those last two weeks were the only weeks where he had more than 17 carries, where he was the true primary back. It was the end of the year. One of those teams they played was Detroit. I mean, what? What? Yeah, I I have had this debate with Billy Muzio on the high stakes show, the dominator show that we have, because I'm like, what are we talking about here? Why, Why are we so bullish on a washout veteran on a team that could be the worst in the league, one of the worst, if not the worst offenses in the league. How is that a guy anyone's excited about? No, you're not. You're not wrong. And what's interesting is it's almost like his injury history of sort of being nullified versus when people are talking about guys like Christian McCaffrey, it's being stuck to him a lot, a lot more in a hardcore manner than it is Penny. People assume that because Penny is entering a new season, it's this renewed opportunity and he won't get hurt. And he'll get the opportunity. But again, I mean, exactly like you said, it took him, what, four years in the final couple weeks to actually do anything in his career. And for that reason, Walker going in the second round, clearly Seattle saw something. But also expectation of Walker, and this is how we never make it through the rounds, by the way. Expectation of Walker, for me, he looks, and I wrote this up preseason, he looks a lot like J.K. Dobbins. What you got from Dobbins, I think, is what you can get from Walker. Yards after contact, explosive capabilities, not really a pass catcher. You know, you've seen it in limited capacity, and I don't know that in Seattle he's going to see a lot more passing volume than even Dobbins might see in Baltimore. Do you have any targets Rashad Penny commanded last year? A 20-something? Eight. Eight, dude. Eight targets? Eight? That's the guy you're excited about? And, and, and Kenneth Walker's the guy that can't catch? Kenneth Walker's the guy that's not active enough in the passing game? What are we talking about? Yeah, it's wild. Penny was the pass catcher coming out of college. I think that is what we all love. This That was the true three-down skill set, even though he went in the first round, which was shocking. But you're right. It, Seattle's not notorious for... You know, or well-known for targeting the running backs. It's just not, even with with Russell Wilson. So maybe it's different this year, but they're going to be trailing a lot. And yeah, yeah. we'll see what that turns into. And, and when you go to player profile and you're looking at these advanced metrics and you see a bunch of dashes, that means that most of the metrics don't have enough sample to even register a ranking. And when some have dashes and others don't, that means that those that do have a ranking are barely meeting the threshold. Like, Yes, Rashad Penny was number one in breakaway run rate last year. That's true in a small sample. He barely met the threshold in metrics like yards per touch and breakaway run rate. The danger is the small sample trap. Take the guy we know to be just better. He's better. He's a better runner. Kenneth Walker's better in every way, between the tackles, outside the tackles. And at no point has Rashad Penny shown that he's any better receiver than Kenneth Walker. So I like the pick. However, I'm also ecstatic to get my man Drake London. Drake London now posted up as easily, by far and away, the number one wide receiver in this class. He's had a quiet camp in a good way. I love that. No drop reports, no injuries, just an under-the-radar camp, just like Jamar Chase. Early breakout age, size-adjusted athlete, dominant performer, 
even in the face of target competition like Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm in. I'm in. Nothing has changed with Drake London. He's been the wide receiver one. He's still the wide receiver one. I think that's I, I think that's completely agreed upon. Where it gets where it might get hairy for you is at this pick right here. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear your pick. I want to know who's going at four. You know, in light of new information, which doesn't move the needle for me too much, I'm still going to stick with Garrett Wilson here. Uh, I know that, that there's going to be some subject matter around this, but I think Garrett Wilson's still the smart pick. I think yeah. going into this, he had the best floor of any player in this draft class in terms of wide receivers. So uh, despite the fact that we don't necessarily maybe love Zach Wilson or the Jets, at some point this team has to start turning the corner. And I think we saw enough from Wilson in terms of individual passing metrics to give us some hope for what might be in the future. Here's why I'm not all in on Garrett Wilson. He's on the Jets and they have a clear alpha in Elijah Moore. Like you can't talk yourself out of Elijah Moore. If you're the type of person that likes Garrett Wilson, then you also like Elijah Moore. And if you acknowledge that Elijah Moore is the established alpha and he's not going anywhere, then what needs to happen is the Jets offense needs to have a complete rebirth and become a top 10 offense in the league, which necessarily means that Zach Wilson needs to become like a top 15 quarterback in fantasy football. That is not likely. So that's why I'm not as bullish on Garrett Wilson as I am on his literal doppelganger. The best comparable on the site for Garrett Wilson is Chris Olave. The best comparable for Chris Olave is Garrett Wilson. They are so shockingly similar. Like it, it made me have to go back into the database and make sure we didn't make a mistake. To be the same height, the same weight, the same athleticism, the same production, the exact same target share last year. It's just eerie. But one guy is surging, having the best camp of any of the rookies, just surgical out there, just shaving off his routes, just like a razor blade, cutting those those outbreaking and in-breaking routes. Chris Olave, baby. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm pushing my chips in on Chris Olave. Now, not, not Drake London level, but based on ADP and on our dynasty rankings and the rookie rankings, we have the rookie ADPs from my fantasy league. And there's a lot of drafts happening on my fantasy league. So it's a good sample. And Olave is going after Wilson, after Burks, after Jamison Williams, after Walker London. So this is technically a take, right? This is a take to, to take Olave as early as four. And in a league where I need more wide receiver help than running back help and it's best ball. So it also uh, puts a premium on wide receivers. I actually drafted recently Chris Olave at the 103 in a rookie draft, super flex rookie draft. And I was happy to happy to get him because I want the number one option. And he's trending towards being the number one option. I know that you are a raging Michael Thomas apologist, but at some point you've got to acknowledge that this whole injury recovery and rehabilitation could be a complete farce, just smoke and mirrors. And he may not play again. May not play again? Boy, Um. well, I got to go back to one thing. I, I'm not sure that I'm totally on board with Elijah Moore, like locked in alpha wideout in this offense. I think he's good. I, I don't think that there's any determined or locked in reason to believe that he's the alpha with the Garrett Wilson selection. But let's talk about Alave. I just, oh, I see. That's a good, I like that. That's good reasoning to say, hey, how can you say he's the alpha if they're drafting Garrett Wilson in the top 12 picks. 
So, okay, so fine. We'll, we'll, we'll have this conversation. So, it basically, equal opportunity to essentially Jamison Crowder last year. Zero competition. I mean, zero. There's not a team with less competition in the NFL than what Elijah Moore had last year, right? I mean, hard to name many that had any less capable players around um, the one. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Denzel Mims, once upon a time, dominated the Senior Bowl, okay? And he had a, a very difficult time digesting some salmon last year don't don't leave out jeff smith when we start talking about the depth of this roster so the garrett wilson selection may be a sign of a, a more complete player that they're looking for i think elijah moore's great I, I don't know that elijah moore is definitively the alpha in this offense again and we can go look at his advanced metrics from last year i know that there was production when the opportunity increased but it's not like oh the thumbs up he had great metrics I'm looking at him right now. They were good. I mean, which one of these in here is the one that tells you that he's like this super performer locked in alpha? Just out of curiosity, if you had to pick one. Okay, I'm not actually looking at it. Okay, pull pull it up. I mean, I, I would. I just ha I know that I've looked at it in the past and was impressed. Well, I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to have everybody in the okay. chat look at it too. Plus 14.1% target premium was top 20 in the league, meaning... When you compare the output that he was giving on a per-target basis to the other wide receivers in that Jets passing game, he was dominant. And he's also dominant after the catch with a top 20 juke rate. Are you comparing him to nothing right now when we look at the previous metric? Come on. What's the next metric? Let's move on here for a sec. What's the next one? You got him pulled up. The problem is, the problem is his target accuracy and catchable target rate were both outside the top 80. So he was challenged by... Highly inaccurate passes going in his direction. And yet, what did he do? He made up for it with you know, yards after the catch, specifically 2.6 yards after the catch per target. That was impressive. And he had a top 35 air yard share. So he's getting downfield at the same time. These are all the, 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 the signals that tell you, okay, this guy is getting downfield, but also getting yards after the catch. He's going to be able to win in all quadrants. And he had one of the more impressive prospect profiles. I'd put his prospect profile up against Garrett Wilson all day. So, well, you're going to have to eventually. So, you know, Zach Wilson was one of the more accurate passers in the league. Number one versus man also in his profile. So with the, you know, the accurate target side of things, there's a lot of receivers in this league that are producing with low accuracy of targets too. But in his case, this is a very important metric. Okay. Now, I understand that Zach Wilson's target accuracy was better than his completion percentage because he was dealing with a lot of drops. But when Elijah Moore was targeted, we had the target accuracy, and it was 6.8, which ranked number 80 in the league. But his route win rate, this is a new metric on playerprofiler.com, where we chart every single route. So we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of routes, right? Mm-hmm. He was top 10 in overall route win rate, meaning that he's making himself available to the quarterback and he's getting separation and he's not dropping the football when he's targeted. That's a win. Who is this? Elijah Moore. Was top 10 in what? Route win rate. You need to scroll down to zone versus man. Mm -hmm. You see that? That's a critical metric. That's like the metric that we are basing our position that Michael Pittman is a quality receiver on. That is one of the key metrics on playerprofiler.com. And I talked to Matt Harmon. I just had Matt Harmon on the show. And so you're at a disadvantage, dude, because Matt Harmon 
charts similar stats for his reception perception project, and he had the same opinion of Elijah Moore. So you're you're really this is an uphill battle for you. That's not this. Is, I don't feel like I'm moving uphill at all. It feels very flat to me. So I understand getting open is great. And being successful versus coverage is great, but that means nothing in terms of what the future outlook is when Garrett Wilson comes into town. Calling him an alpha means that his opportunity should be in excess significantly of Garrett Wilson. And I don't think you can confidently say that you think that Elijah Moore's opportunity in this offense will be that much more significant than what we're going to see with Garrett Wilson. I think so. I think that he's going to make a leap this year Look at the catch rate. Yes, the 55% catch rate is not impressive. But then when you factor out all the uncatchable passes, it jumps up to 81%. That's why we have true catch rate on playerprofiler.com to go with his top 20 contested catch rate. So let me get this straight. This guy is elusive after the catch. He's hogging the downfield air yards. And he's incredibly strong at the catch point. Okay, wait a minute. So... Downfield air yards, no competition, strong at the catch point. Six targets went into the contested catch rate, for God's sake. Six total targets. Okay, that is a small sample. This is how big media news makes shit sound more serious than it is. Yeah, you are. You're you're fake news. I appreciate it. I like doing this. You are fake news. This is baloney. The numbers behind these things, Matt, are so small. They're so small. How dare you? I wouldn't even have the nuts to bring up contested catch rate when it had a six target next to it. That is fair. That's why we put the six targets in parentheses so people know what kind of sample they're looking at. It's, it's almost like we've thought of everything on these player pages. You did. The pages are great. Listen, I just have a dispute with him maybe being this king alpha. I think he's great. Right. I think he's great. But you know, yeah, the one the one criticism I think is totally fair about Player Profiler is that it is just one big confirmation bias machine. Like, it's where you go if you want to build an argument that Player X is bad or that the same player is good. Player Profiler has got a metric for you. No, I think you can go to any player page and I could make a pro or con argument against anybody. There's enough information to do it. So, all right. Okay, this is why we never get these drafts done. I just... Wanted to clear the air. I thought that was going to take five seconds. It took five minutes. Okay, can, can I can I just lodge a uh, a complaint against the chat? GDLT writes Moore and Wilson will both eat. What kind of contribution is that? That is so worthless. Okay, that's not a take. You got to come stronger than that. You're going to get in the chat when you get in the chat. Here's what you need to be doing in the chat. You need to either be applauding. And, and supporting those that are producing the content for you and encouraging us. And, and that will actually just like going to a concert and getting the band to come out for an encore. The whole audience will benefit from more content, better content with your encouragement. We appreciate that. You can also interact with your, your fellow show watchers, right? So I, I see a lot of banter back and forth, arguing. I love that. I love it when... Two members of the audience are arguing in the chat. That's awesome, too. What you can't do, what you can't do is give me one of these lukewarm nothing takes that adds no value to the chat and no value to the show. And when I read it, I just have to scroll past it. You're doing a disservice to the program. (laughs) G-D-L-T-P-C. It's okay. They'll both be good, Nate. 
Thank you. The idea that they're both going to eat is also a bit of a struggle because I, we don't expect this to be a high-volume offense in terms of passing game, especially not with Brees Hall and what we think this defense could be potentially. So, But they're, they're both talented players. Elijah Moore has just proved at the NFL level that he is good. Yes, Nate, they're both talented. That was a good GDLT take by you right there. Glad you wrapped it up with uh, with the, the, the weakest possible. Is it my pick? Is it my pick now? Are you done? Did you go Olave and I was happy to Olave. I mean, I'm I'm like I'm slamming two basketballs at the same time through two separate hoops. London and then Olave. I'm loving life. Go ahead. You're next. 106 to you. Yeah, this is a tough spot because it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to go back to wide receiver here when I just made the argument that I felt like I could insulate the position with some older players. Um so I think Kenny Pickett would be the pick right here um, at pick six in a super flex draft. I don't, I don't know what face you're making. Uh, who am I passing on? I'm passing on what? Burks. I'm passing on Cook, Sky Moore. So I'm going to go Kenny Pickett here because the conversation is when he does become the starter, his production will be significantly higher than what I expect Burks to put up. And I'll make this argument because I've made this argument before. Nothing changed in Tennessee whatsoever. Traylon Burks, who looks like A.J. Brown, is now going to try to do the A.J. Brown role that A.J. Brown couldn't do in Tennessee, but A.J. Brown's proven to be elite. So I get the upside of Burks, and there's a whole conversation to be had there, but I'm going to go Kenny Pickett with the quarterback position, the scarcity of it in Superflex, and the upside of that. Are you pushing buttons over me right now? Is that what's happening? No, uh, with the next pick, I go uh, Jamison Williams next. Jamison Williams? Okay. Another guy drafted in the top 15 that has incredible upside at the wide receiver position. I now have London Olave and Williams. Is this what you're letting me do with Brees Hall? What you're allowing to happen in this mock draft is criminal. It's criminal. I, I'm just curious because of the statement that you made. Because we're just talking about... Uh, uh, snap call. Snap call. Jameson Williams. Wait. But since we're talking about bad contributions to the show, just calling Jamison Williams, a guy coming off an ACL tear because he has first-round draft capital and went to Detroit, a, a, a smash? Well, what's the reason? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Why is he a smash? It's okay. I'll just go ahead and start Olave Drake London. And I'll have uh, Jamison Williams on my bench. Will you at least explain why Jamison Williams going there makes sense? I love Jamison Williams' upside. Jamison Williams could be easily the best wide receiver from this class. If Drake London busts, it's, it's a possibility. Then you could easily see Jamison Williams being the best. And also, this Lions team, the way they're rebuilding, just chef's kiss the right way. Goff, underrated, but also that they're a quarterback away from making a playoff run and he'll be back online and playing at hundred percent health, at least by the end of the season. Like I'm not expecting much this year. I just want you to know that I want the whole audience to know that I don't expect much from Jamison Williams, a late season ACL tear. We're talking about a January ACL tear. He's a human being and that's going to need to heal. And then he's going to have to develop confidence and essentially like relearn how to run routes with a new knee so now at the NFL level, after having essentially one productive season at the college level, so my expectations are totally muted for him. This is a 2023 play. I already have my 2022 wide receiver studs. Now I have the luxury of going for 2023. Also, this guy is potentially the fastest wide receiver in this class. 
and the most upside in this class. And I'm happy to happy to happy to get him here. Although I just remembered, unfortunately, I just remembered Traylon Burks is still on the board. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening. Oh, right I now. don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. That's the whole point of this. Oh my god, I forgot he was on the board. I would have gone Traylon Burks. No, no, I forgot because we because we slipped. It's been I've never seen Traylon Burks fall this far. I forgot he was still available. I haven't been tracking who's available. I literally just made the argument of why I was going picket over Burks, and then fuck me. You were too worried about oh, I, leapfrogging me and then making an shit. argument that sounded like you were arguing against Jamison Williams, which was a this weirder sucks. thing. Oh, man, I meant to snap call Burks. Can I go back and snap call Burks? I, I don't care. I'm not taking Williams. You can have him next. No, I can't do that. No, you're not going to let me do that. What do you mean? That's like going back to the dealer. Hey, can I have a different card? I'm still not taking Williams if you if you go back Burks. I'm not doing it. I can't. I can't. The integrity of this mock draft. This is the integrity of the show is at stake. What the fuck? You think I'm going to go back? You think you think I'm going to, oh, please, Nate. Oh, please. Please let me go back and take Burks. No, I'm going to own it, man. It's called a mistake. I fucked up. You know, it's arrogance. Just arrogance. I was just celebrating my own team, uh, waiting for you to make yet another catastrophic blunder like Pickett over Burks and Williams and Sky Moore. Horrendous pick. Mm-hmm. And I was just swimming in ecstasy and forgot that Burks was still on the board. So now it's to you. I have Jamison Williams for 2023. I'm pretty happy still, kind of. But you have the option of getting another uh, total alpha stud. The beauty of Burks here is that Burks has true fantasy difference-making upside. Williams will likely be... Field stretcher plus, but that's not necessarily top five capabilities in fantasy football. I mean, outside of being the next Tyreek Hill, which is a total outlier, you're probably going to want a wide receiver that has the build and the athletic profile, especially the production profile of a Traylon Burks over a Jamison Williams. So congratulations. I teed you up for even more upside than I thought I was getting. Well, I mean, I appreciate you overdrafting Jamison Williams by two spots to go up and take him accidentally. I Yeah, I, I will take Traylon Burks. Obviously, he should go off. Well, very clearly, he should go off the board. There's still clearly good receivers left. Uh, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that we're hearing some stuff coming out of camp about Traylon Burks with the asthma thing, one interesting, um, one interesting story that I had heard on the subject was that, oh boy, what was the story? So Traylon Burks has never trained at this period in time during college they never it was into the fall is when they came back and so this might be the first time that he's ever actually gone through a training camp through this period of the season not experienced it prior to it as we get into the football season the weather's going to change and maybe that's why it's never been an issue for him in the past because clearly the asthma at this age just from reading doctors information on it because it is interesting that it's become a topic this is something that most people would have already had or had dealt with in the past. So this is probably not something new for him. So to be experiencing it now is probably based on the season and the time period that he hasn't been training at before. Pollen. Best case. Yeah, pollen. Best case argument. You the, the, the Tennessee pollen count, that's what you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go with. That's how you're gonna rationalize this. Well, they said that the, the pollen in Arkansas and Tennessee are the same. So just to be clear. Wait, so the pollen in Tennessee and Arkansas are the same. Yeah. There, there was a whole like 
broken down argument. So what what is the what is the rationale then? The the rationale is that because college football teams have early spring practices, they don't play till the fall. That might be the difference why Burks is experiencing it now because he's not oh. done the football thing during this period of time to the level of expectation that he is. I mean, what's the other reason? You is it diet? Is it I mean, you could say that it's being out of shape, but that's his lungs don't work. He's fucked. Well, go ahead. I guess we can go with that argument. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and that seems to be a very deep, dark theory behind it. I haven't heard anything like that yet. I mean, I just put out a tweet the other day. I've never experienced you know, allergies worse than I am right now in my whole life, and I'm not saying that this is a, a national issue by any means, but I'm. it's crazy right now. So who the hell knows, man? Who the hell knows? That's That's the take. That's the takeaway. Who the hell knows what's going are on? You, are you going to spend this whole episode trying to pick out things that I... I let you go on the horrible Jamison Williams take that was like, well, I'm going to take him here. You like tripped over your own feet trying to take him. And then you backpedaled and said, well, he's not really a top five guy. And well, I got to punt him to 23. And well, Goff's okay. Enough. I, was, I mean, come on. For God's sakes. Yeah, I had nothing really on Jamison Williams. I Listen, man, I was tilting because you took pick it and I was celebratory tilting and I didn't have a good you know uh, uh, I was too worked up with positive energy and emotion to have a, a fair and balanced take on my own draft pick okay so all right so Traylon Burks so you're going you're going sky more here right I'm going sky more yes yeah snap call sky more was that the right move or is someone else on the board that I'm not seeing no that's the right move okay thank God thank God okay sky more too Look at this wide receiver core. Can we just go over this wide receiver core for a second? We have we have London, okay? We also have Olave and Williams and Sky Moore. Oh, wow. Look at this team, dude. Look at this team. Now, even more reason to just, hey, shuffle Jamison Williams to the IR spot and let you deal with uh, the, uh, the, the hacking and the coughing and the, uh, the inhaler uh, of uh, Traylon Burks. Is he going to put the inhaler on his, like, on his belt? While he's playing? What if he gets tackled and falls on his inhaler? What happens then? What if he breaks his inhaler and gets tackled on it? What's he going to do? How is he going to breathe? None of my players have any problems with their cardiovascular, which is really the, the most important thing for athletes. Last time I checked, cardiovascular health is the most important thing for athletes. You have a guy coming off an ACL tear. <laughs> Get out of here. What are you talking about? You're baseless today. These, no, it's... Who's not coming off an ACL tear nowadays? You are. Yeah, everybody. Look, it's an outpatient procedure for NFL players at this point. You are way, way out there right now, sir. Way out there. You're talking about a guy with an unprecedented lung condition. Never did a smaller guy with an ACL tear go to the Detroit Lions to more excitement for Matt Kelly. I mean, all right. By the way, can I just can I just explain something? DGLT is 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 absolutely if you think I was tilting on the Jameson Williams thing, this guy's tilting on the fact that he says I didn't read his full comment. Okay. I didn't read his full comment because it was worthless. Because he goes, Well, but I do expect more to outproduce him this year. Of course you do. Of course the second year player is gonna outproduce the rookie, even if they're not comparable. You expect the second year guy to outproduce the rookie. We're not talking about that. This is dynasty. This is not a seasonal league. We're talking about in the long run. Who's the better player? Who's going to be the better dynasty asset one year, two year, three years from now? Saying that Moore is going to outproduce Wilson, of course he is. No one, not a single fan of football thinks that 
in year one, Garrett Wilson's going to outproduce more. So that was another just a worthless throwaway comment on top of another milquetoast, nothing remark. So I did you a favor not finishing your comment that was the most useless that we've received in weeks on this program. Now it's my fault that I didn't finish your thought that had no value. I was trying to do you a favor, bro. Is this what you do? You you, you go to a, a YouTube channel. You try to state the most obvious. You try to come up with the most obvious position possible. They will both be good. And the veteran would outproduce the rookie in year one. That's really? That's what you're going to do? You're going to drive a stake into the earth and stake a claim to that as, as you adding value to the show? Really? Really? You're going to go to battle there? Okay. Okay. Picks to you, Nate. I went Sky more. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I was waiting till you were done. All right. Um, I think a lot of us can probably agree that this is, to me, this is part of where the draft sort of falls off a cliff in terms of my confidence. And so, again, going back to positional scarcity, looking at future um, contracts in this Buffalo Bills offense, looking at red zone opportunity, looking at how good this offense is as a whole. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of James Cook, but the investment that they put into him um, with Devin Singletary going to be a free agent at the end of this year, assuming they don't extend him. Now, I think this is going to be a hurdle. I think this is going to be a hurdle that we're going to see for future years. What happens to the incumbent runner who's sitting there at, at the contract extension? Hold on. Okay, so we've got Devin Singletary in this case. Earlier, we were talking about potentially Rashad Penny getting extended. Uh, you know, it, it could happen with, I mean, any number of these court or these runners that are at their contract here, but obviously James Cook going to this offense. I'm going there. God damn you. It's not even that good of a pick. It's, it's a great pick. Are you kidding me? He's just there. I thought you were going to go George Pickens or Christian Watson instead of this absolute best possible pick in that spot. No, I can get receivers all day. This is a weak running back class. There's no depth. James Cook is the clear play. In fact, because I only had one running back and I was flush with wide receivers, I was considering Cook over Sky Moore. But at this point, I'm just going to go chalk because you've set me up so well with your Walker and Pickett picks that I just have to go chalk the rest of the draft and win the draft. So I didn't want to take any chances. Had you challenged me earlier in the draft, I probably would have gone Cook over Sky Moore. That's how high I have James Cook. We don't have him on par with Sky Moore in the rankings. Of course not. But we certainly have him ahead of everyone else, and I would have gone with him, but that's a bummer. So I don't know, man. I don't. I, am I going to draft another wide receiver? Yet another wide receiver? I can't. I can't. Dude, I, I don't have enough roster space. I don't, how many wide receivers? I'm not going to play them. I, 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 I'm, I'm already like an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. I'm not going Christian Watson, man. I can't do it. There's not been enough buzz about Christian Watson. There's been more buzz about George Pickens. George Pickens at least making plays, allowing beat reporters to get excited about him, giving them the ammunition to write him up. No one's writing up Christian Watson because I don't think that he and Aaron Rodgers have been on the same page yet. So I'm worried. I'm going Rashad White. Mm. Fuck it. I'm going Rashad White. I want the upside. Rashad White in what will be one of the most prolific offenses and we now know that you know, Leonard Fournette coming into camp, 240 pounds. The game is I show up to camp and I work myself into shape. 
But that signals to me that he's not paying attention to his strength and conditioning in the offseason. That's how he got the Fat Lenny moniker originally, right? That's how it happened. So not going wide receiver here. I want Rashad White. You could argue that only age is preventing Rashad White to be comped much more closely to Brees Hall. So I think in Rashad White and Brees Hall, I have the two most talented running backs, the two best all-purpose running backs in this draft. We know that Rashad White was a complete target monster in college with size and athleticism. He's a box-stuffing player. I don't like that he's 23 and a half years old, but that just means he's going to be playing well, well into his 20s. That's all that means. Yeah. I And I had a I had a tweet. I want to read this one. This was from a couple months back, but it's a pro Rashad White tweet. I love the pick, by the way. It was Mark Ingram was coming off an RB8 season at age 27 when the Saints drafted Alvin Kamara in round three. And they bo- and Kamara just smashed from that point on. And that's essentially what we're seeing with Leonard Fournette. Same age, same draft capital, same production profile. So, oh, man. See, I'm so conflicted about that. I'm so conflicted about that because I love Fournette. Like, I'm, I'm fine with Fournette. I'm like, listen, I don't care if you think he's fat or not. He's going to work himself into shape. He's going to command 80-plus targets. And he's going to be a top-10 running back in fantasy. And yep. you just have to eat that. Like, that's what yep. we've been saying about Fournette for years. We are the... Leonard Fournette stand show. We wave the Fournette flag proudly, but he is well past the AJ Paxter. You know, so the hamstring strain, the calf strain, it's it's out there where he misses two, three, four games. And just that window of time for Rashad White to come in and be a top five running back for a handful of weeks or one of those weeks, that would absolutely spike the football on his dynasty value. That's what I'm banking on. Yeah, it's entirely possible. With the lack of depth in that offense as a whole, Rashad White could find way more opportunity this year than I think we would have expected had we had a healthy Chris Godwin going into the season. Um, So I would normally go Christian Watson ahead of Pickens by a little bit here just because I think that the opportunity in 2022 should be be undoubtedly better than than what we're going to see from Pickens. But because I drafted Kenny Pickett earlier, uh, and I guess we're going to pretend like this is two teams drafting and not 12 teams drafting because you always do that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and try and get the stack here, even though I believe I'm going to stack them. You're going to steal. Is this what you're doing? That's what I'm doing. I'm stacking them because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I can make the same argument that I'm going to make against the guy that you're going to take next. Um, Deontay Johnson's on the final year of his deal, but I believe that he does re-sign with Pittsburgh exactly the same way that I feel about a contract extension for probably the next name that's going to come up here in a second, the incumbent veteran there. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the stack. Pickens is two years younger than Christian Watson. He's younger than Jahan Dotson. So for that reason, a former should have been alpha wide receiver going Pickens. Strong move. You got one move right here. I was gonna go Pickens. You, you've really been you've really, you've been thwarting me ever since that picket pick. Woo! Hey, you really energized me. You've been really you've been running circles around me, my friend. I'm gonna go Christian Watson and hate it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in your case, because the next pick is gonna start the conversation. At least in your case with Christian Watson, there's no elite veteran on the cusp of signing a contract extension. If he hits. 
he's the guy in the Green Bay offense as long as Rodgers is there. So, I mean, you can hate it, but it's not. I have a bunch of Watson already, and I, I hate every minute of it. Well, I know. It's not the most comfortable thing, but the upside is, is significant. What are you looking for? I guess. I guess, dude. I guess. I guess. Okay. I'm going to try to get better. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put these on, some glasses, and I'm going to try to get better here. You think that's the difference? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm trying to shake it up, man. I was on a roll there, and ever since the Jamison Williams pick, it's been downhill. Yeah, yeah. One mistake turned into two and now three. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm on the golf course. I've been in the bunkers from one bunker to another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ever so, since I missed that putt, dude. By the way, worst way to play golf, bunker to bunker. I missed the gimme. I missed the gimme putt. Traylon Burks. We offered it to you, too, but you're like, no, I'll putt from here. Oh, no, we, we need to maintain the integrity of the draft. Okay. All right, so uh, I know what's going to happen here. I, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to pick this guy because he's the better player but then you're gonna do your thing where you go oh thank you you let so-and-so slide through the cracks watch just play this out so i'm gonna go jahan dotson here yeah because yeah. jahan dotson's got, getting the camp buzz as mm-hmm. you talked about he was a first round draft capital guy very few drops in college polished route runner went to a decent situation not the best situation i mean it would have rather he went to green bay of course but at this point in time first round draft capital with Terry McLaurin's contract hanging out there, but Ron Rivera has said numerous times they're going to get an extension done. So what do you do? I should have gone Dotson. I should have gone Dotson. Dotson's a <laughs> this whole episode. Dotson was drafted before Burks. I know, but this whole episode is just you reflecting on. Wait, me. am I Washington? Am I Washington? Did I not see that Burks was on the board and I, and, and I just drafted a guy not knowing Burks was on the? That's essentially what Washington did. Washington's like, we're going to go uh, Jahan Dotson uh, with the 16th pick in the first round. And everyone's like, uh, w- 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 what? Traylon Burks is still available. Like, whoops, we forgot. Same exact thing. Wow, that's that's not the franchise you want to emulate, by the way. <laughs> right. Good advice. Don't don't be like Washington if you have the if you have the opportunity. I am conflicted again. I'm conflicted again, but I just can't let it go. I can't let this guy get past me. I need to feel good. It's been many picks since I felt good about a guy that I was drafting, so I want to feel good. This is a feel-good pick. This is going to make me do it. Uh, Don't do it. Be able to look in the mirror finally again. It's gonna Jalen Tolbert. Okay. All right. Thank God. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to do. I thought that the play, though, is you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe you let him slip through the cracks. Did I? No. No, 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 no. This is a, this is a pseudo reach. That's the. Ah. This is a pseudo reach. At, at the 114 and a super flex draft, this could be considered a reach, but I, 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 I man, I'm going Tolbert. I'm, I'm all in on Tolbert. Michael Gallup will start the season on the pup. Uh, duh. We've been talking about that for months. I, it's so disorienting when news breaks that we all knew because we have access to a hollow a calendar right like we have something called a calendar that we can look at and we know chris godwin's not going to be ready and we know michael gallup's not going to be ready and we're talking about that starting in february and then the news breaks in june and then everyone's like oh well we gotta move up mike evans like wait what yeah oh gotta get russell gage like yeah no shit Right? Like, ooh, look at Jalen Tolbert's moving up boards. Like, what took you so long? This is going to be 
one of, if not the best offense. I mean, they could give the Buccaneers a run for their money. If they end up in more shootouts this year, at the, at the pace they play, it's the Buccaneers and the Cowboys are the fastest-paced offenses. One has Brady, one has Dak, and the opportunity that is in front of Jalen Tolbert, and he has the experience and the polish to seize this opportunity and be a starter in three receiver sets as early as week one, dark horse to win rookie of the year. I'm in. I like it. No, it's, it's good. That That's exactly who I thought you were going to pick there. I, I think it's the right pick. I think he has a ton of upside. With that being said, though, when we look at potential future value, there's few players on the board at the scarcest position on the board. Last ah, second that I think could reasonably you know, turn, you can flip the calendar forward a year and we could go, this is the starter in this offense. And I think Tyrion Davis price is that guy at this pick. I'm going to leapfrog a handful of names potentially, but I think that we've heard from San Francisco. They've had too many injuries over time. Elijah Mitchell to me by the advanced metrics left a lot of meat on the bone last year. Uh, this has been an offense that's been by committee for a while. You go back in time you know, you see a guy like Carlos Hyde got a big opportunity last year. Mitchell averaged 18.8 rush attempts per game, over 20 touches per game. Is he going to get injured? Likely six-round draft pick, so I'm going to go with Price here. I see what you're doing. I see this is this is an elaborate uh, Elijah Mitchell shade move. Right? This is you throwing shade on Elijah Mitchell without really – Focusing on him, yeah, as an aside, is he probably going to get injured? Of course, he's undersized. He's in the San Francisco offense, which is just a, a wrecking ball for their own running backs, <laughs> right? They just churn through their running backs, these poor guys. So you're going you're gonna to set me up for the chalk play, and I'm going to do it. I don't love him, but he's in the right offense. The theme of this show for my drafts, except for Christian Watson, is... Right player, right time, right offense, and that is Isaiah Spiller. I want a guy that's going to get 150, 200 touches for the Chargers. Austin Eckler does not want to be as heavily used as he's been in the past. Whether or not Isaiah Spiller can actually step up and seize that job in training camp and preseason is yet to be determined. I don't think he's very good. He's certainly not very athletic. He is young. Does have a pedigree. He was reasonably productive in all phases. That to me is enough with the fourth round draft capital to push the button. Well, I I don't I don't hate the pick, and I think that that's what has to be played here. I think that there's some names that we're going to probably leapfrog for a little bit going after the guys that are going to have the realest opportunity to the soonest. I mean, I could certainly see Spiller like becoming a staple in that offense, right? We. We kind of dogged on him a little bit for the athleticism, for you know the production versus those in that same offense with A-Chain. Um, but I'm going to do kind of the same thing here. I'm going to go Damian Pierce with the next pick because I'm going to go with the running back that very well could have the opportunity to lead this Houston backfield. Is he the guy next year? I don't know, but I know from Damian Pierce's advanced metrics, he was elusive. He could catch the ball. He was limited in volume in college, but he can do everything. That's great. We're going to go into rapid-fire mode to wrap this up. We need to get through a lot of picks. We're, we're going to have to get through 60 picks, and we're only on pick <laughs> We're on pick 19 of, of 60. How is this going to be a highly imbalanced draft? I told you that this is what was going to happen. It always happens. Why didn't we go rapid-fire from the beginning? It's your fault. Malik Willis, 
Okay, Malik Willis is falling, right? We have Malik Willis higher in our rankings. You got to check out the rankings to see where he falls because he hasn't moved yet post news that he can't play, right? So there's been news <laughs> that he may not be able to uh, win the number two job because he's been struggling in a catastrophic fashion. And whatever he was doing throughout the pre-draft process that gave the scouts all these concerns, right, uh, that the made them nervous, whatever he was demonstrating in terms of accuracy issues that made those scouts nervous throughout the process, he's demonstrating those same problems now in camp. The problem is when you're in practice, it's critical that you put the ball in situations where wide receivers can make plays and you stay within the structure of the offense because they're trying to run plays and let everybody understand where they need to be in the context of the play's goals being achieved, right? So here's what we're trying to achieve with this play. Let's play it out step by step by step. And early in camp especially, the coaches will tell these quarterbacks, do not scramble, stay in the pocket, go through your read progressions. It's critical that we get a look at how this play is going to develop, get a look at all these receivers, get a look at the linemen as they're blocking while you're standing in the pocket. It's not helpful for you to scramble here and make a play. right? You're not helping the team by doing that. That's the problem. That's what held Jalen Hurts back. And then finally, Jalen Hurts was thrust into the starting role and he showed off his playmaking ability and it was undeniable, right? So part of this, I believe, is that Malik Willis isn't a great practice quarterback. I'm sure there's Logan Woodside and other quarterbacks that can stay in the pocket and they deliver the ball on time with moderate accuracy and they can be good on a practice squad. There's a reason why certain quarterbacks are better on the practice squad and certain quarterbacks are better on the active roster. It's unfortunate that Malik Willis doesn't have the draft capital like a Josh Allen where the team has to commit to him early and show the world, hey, my playmaking ability outside of structure overcomes my limitations as a pocket passer, right? No, we're not going to have a conventional offense. And that's okay because all my skills will elevate this offense if we just tailor the offense. But if the offense is going to be the Ryan Tannehill offense, I'm not the guy to run the Ryan Tannehill offense and practice by proxy. That's going to be Logan Woodside. So while on the surface, news breaking that Malik Willis can't play is bad, and he's certainly going to fall in the rankings. You get to check out player profile or dynasty rankings to see where he un- where he ends up it's not pretty but i'm not ready to say hey a guy that we believe has true game-changing talent at quarterback in a super flex format shouldn't be drafted ahead of uh, zamir white and tyler algier it's a long way of saying i'm taking malik willis here you open that up with saying you were gonna go rapid fire <laughs> <laughs> the furthest thing from it <laughs> Not even close. I just I I thought that this was a something that needed to be spoken to. This is our job. If it's a rookie and it's dynasty and we're investing in players for multiple years and there's news breaking that affects the perception of that player in camp, then we need to speak to it. If I may, I just put out a 
full-length Ryan Tannehill video. I might be the only guy on the internet willing to do this. YouTube.com forward slash Nate List. I just put out a full-length video, and it's going to be tough for Willis to take the job from Tannehill. Tannehill's been honestly exceptional. Whether people want to believe it or not, by the numbers, Tannehill has been really, really good. And that offense this year made an effort by going and getting uh, Robert Woods, by drafting Traylon Burks. They went after yards after the catch guys, which is something that was missing from that Tennessee offense, despite all the capabilities of A.J. Brown. So his upside is great with the rushing. And with that being said, I'm going to pace you. I'm going to do the same thing here. I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter. Uh, I'm just going to do it faster than you did. A lot of the similar upside, soft offense. Mariota, very capable in his own right, just not quite as proven as Tannehill. I love it. Great job. Thank you. David Bell. <clears throat> okay. Uh, no, I mean, I just very quick. Okay, David Bell, good pick. David Bell All right. has incredible age-adjusted production. Had he fallen into the fourth round, I probably wouldn't go with him, but he he, he barely is hanging on by, like, the – the, the fingernails, the tips of his fingers on the ledge, late third round draft capital, just enough for me to push the button. Okay, I can respect it. Uh, then I'm going to come back. I'm just going to keep hitting the scarcity of these positions. I'm going to go Tyler Algier here. Uh, just another one of these guys. When we look at who exists in this offense in Atlanta, Cordero Patterson is a makeshift running back. He's older. Damian Williams, I mean, he talented enough to cause some problems for Algier, but Everything that we've heard, Atlanta believes Algier might have the capability to be the lead back. The same way that I look at Damian Pierce, could they produce this year? Yeah, very, very possibly. Are they going to be the guy next year? I could see them replaced with second or third round draft capital. Okay, so now that I have a bunch of running backs, I've got Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, Brees Hall. I don't need this guy to play in year one. This is a a two-man league here. I'm going Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson has the size. Brian Robinson has the all-purpose skill set. And we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we love the upside of Antonio Gibson. I think he's worth chasing in Dynasty. The idea that you could get the guy that comps as close to Jonathan Taylor as any active running back in the NFL. But he just may not have what Washington wants in a primary back that may end up being... Brian Robinson, you could we could wake up, especially if there's an injury, we could wake up in, into a world where Antonio Gibson is back in, in almost like a, a hybrid Memphis role where he's not Cordero Patterson, but he's also not the primary guy anymore, that he's lining up in the slot and that they're, they're, they're converting him into more of a utility player. That is possible. I hope to God that doesn't happen. I think that would be an incredible waste of a, a talent. But because Brian Robinson was drafted in the third round, I think that possibility exists. Uh, it's a good, it's a good pick, and they've already talked about how they want to mix him into this offense. Um, even though they brought back other players in this backfield, which I question. But anyways, all right. Uh, then I'm going to go Zamir White here. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that's that's got the youth, has the athleticism, is behind Josh Jacobs. Questions that was kind of bringing this up earlier with some of these other running backs. Questions about whether Jacobs gets extended. If he gets extended, it does muddy the situation. If they decide to move on from Jacobs, I mean, the potential that Zamir yeah. could be the lead back going into next year is entirely possible. I was between Robinson and White, but Robinson was a much stronger pass catcher in college so that that was the that was the only differentiator uh but uh josh jacobs 
is is a weaker incumbent than Antonio Gibson. I just don't know how Las Vegas perceives Jacobs vis-a-vis Washington perceives Gibson. This is very confusing. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of moving parts here. <laughs> That's why they're so close in the rankings. It's like, he, we don't know, right? Zamir White drafted at the 417. Brian Robinson at the 334. There's not even a round of difference in draft capital. One guy's a little more explosive. One guy's a better receiver. I don't know. I don't know. They're both good. Or bad. Or or bad. Right. Or bad. We do have to say that. We'll see. <laughs> right? Uh, Matt Corral's probably bad mm-hmm. if you fall to the end of the third round. But I'm going to go Matt Corral because I think he's going to play games. I think he's going to start this year. So that, that alone puts him ahead of anyone else I would be drafting here. Uh boy. Puts me back on the clock. Um... <clears throat> I have, I don't even know who do I have on my team right now. How many players do what? You're running back heavy. I'm running back You're heavy. You're very running back heavy. You've got Zamir White. You've got Tyrion Davis Price, Damian Pierce. You've got Kenneth Walker, James Cook. So I'm jealous about some of these running backs you have. I guess I'm going to go Mechie here. I mean, when Ugh, you're looking at, yeah. at who's available, Ugh. I mean, this is, this is where. You're going on, you know, these second round wide receivers. Houston's a fairly wide open passing game. Nico Collins was, you know, okay. I mean, didn't his name certainly didn't get brought up much during the regular season this year. Brandon Cooks played beyond expectation, clearly, but he does that everywhere he goes. So here comes another guy coming off of an injury similar to Jamison Williams. What will his outcome be? I don't know, but second round draft capital is pretty good. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm gonna go Trey McBride. I like Trey McBride a lot. I think he's going to sit for a year, as most tight ends do. Most rookie tight ends don't produce. Mm -hmm. And then uh, come out of the gates, gangbusters next year. Don't forget, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 30 next year. Rondell Moore did not look like a professional wide receiver last year, and the odds are he's not going to break out. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, Marquise Brown and Trey McBride? In 2023, I like that. I like that. I like being potentially the second option for Kyler Murray. I'm in. Trey McBride, write it down. Well, I'm going to come back on Alec Pierce here. Might as well go with a guy that's, you know, again. Disgusting. I know. Got the draft capital. Has the athleticism. If you were going to. What makes him so different from Christian Watson? How, how does he differ from Christian Watson so significantly? He's not that different. Right. That's what I'm saying. So go in the you know, same draft capital relatively right. So, I mean, I, I'm going Alec Pierce here, even though I think Pittman's clearly a better player. I, I think that, yeah, I think Pittman's better. I think Paris Campbell's better. I think that Alec Pierce is an absolute lock to be a bust. He was not productive enough at an early age, was not productive enough at a late age. And uh, he has the athletic profile of uh, a screaming bust in the league. <laughs> These guys that look like Alec Pierce in terms of size and athleticism, they are the most overdrafted by NFL teams. I'm going Keontae Ingram. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm stacking up my Arizona Cardinals. I don't trust James Conner to stay healthy. He runs to contact, and that means there's going to be a lot of collisions. And Keontae Ingram's waiting in the wings. I think he's better than Eno Benjamin, and I'm, I'm just a, a slam dunk on Keontae Ingram. Up to you. All right. 
Uh, I'm going to go Pierre Strong here in New England. Damian Harris on the last year of that contract. Ramondre Stevenson doesn't have early round draft capital himself. And this year, if anybody's going to look like Elijah Mitchell, it's absolutely the guy with similar athletic traits, pass catching upside. So Pierre Strong. Okay, there's two second round wide receivers still on the board. I'm going to let you make my decision for me. So I'm not going to go with either one of them right now. I'm going Jerome Ford. Breakaway run potential. And we've seen, like, the Ravens last year, you can have one, two, three, four injuries to a backfield, and suddenly the guy from the practice squad is elevated and he's starting. That could easily happen with Jerome Ford, and if it does, we're talking about a potential breakout as a rookie, where it's like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? It's like, hey, guys, he played for Cincinnati. We all know who Jerome Ford is, right? He was a, an Alabama recruit. The guy's talented. Let's go. All right, and this might be my last pick, but... Wandale Robinson right here. I'm going to go with this pick. I hate the next option here for second-round guys with Tyquan Thornton in New England. This doesn't even consider the fact that New England can't get a receiver right to save their life. I think that that was one of the oddest selections, purely based on speed. Uh, But if you had to pick between these two guys, I think Robinson going to New York with the clear depth chart scenario there, um, this is the guy. Okay, we're going to go three-round mock. So we're going to give the people what they wanted which was at the very least a third round, okay? We're almost done. We're close to being done. You've got you've to add one more pick after this, and then we'll beat a 36. It's a 36 picks. We're going to be all the way in for 36 picks. You going Wandale Robinson allows me to take Tyquan Thornton, which is awful, and I don't want it. This is a, a run-first offense, and Tyquan Thornton needs to excel on special teams, in quotes, in order to have a role this year. The Patriots have the worst track record drafting wide receivers. I mean, I, can you even call him a boss? I know he was drafted with the 18th pick in the second round, but he it was just such a reach that no one is really expecting this guy to break out. It would be a shocker, but I'm going to take him anyway, just because he was a second round pick. He is athletic. He was reasonably productive. And we're in the area of the draft where, what am I going to do? Take the 25 year old Valus Jones. I already have Jerome Ford. I have all the running backs I'm excited about, except one, and I'm hoping you don't draft him. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not. I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go tight end here. I haven't gone tight end yet. I think I've got receivers. I've got running backs. I've got quarterbacks. I'm going to go with the guy that I think could produce in year one in this offense is athletic enough. I think there's some questions about what his production looked like in college, but oftentimes tight ends coming out of college. Can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. Jelani Woods. No. I'm going. I'm going. Dan Bellinger here. Oh, uh, I'm gonna sneaky. go. I'm gonna go a little early, maybe th- than consensus, but I want to go with sneaky. The guy that I think could really have an opportunity in New York this year with deficiency and weapons everywhere. Great pick. Great pick. If I had to pick one more guy, and I've got him in most of my my rookie drafts, I would close it out with Kevin Harris. I don't care about the depth chart. Damian Harris is already rumored to be on the trade block. Injuries happen. Multiple injuries can stack up in a backfield. And Kevin Harris, if the back is healthy, is one of the most talented all-purpose backs in this class. So I want the upside in the fourth round. He's available in the fourth round regardless of format. Ignore the depth chart. Smash Kevin Harris in the fourth round of Dynasty Rookie Drafts. We'll be right back.
ignore the depth chart, smash Kevin Harris in the fourth round of Dynasty Rookie Drafts. That's the show. Love it. Hey, everybody. Ever, ever want to see an end screen? What do you guys think? End screen? End screen? You guys, you guys want... You guys want to see a brand new end screen that you've never seen before? Check this out. Check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all. Rapid fire, first two rounds. Olave is probably awesome. Dude, Traylon Burks. Fucking... Run and hide. Run and hide. Run and hide. I have him in one league, and I'm like, oh, God. Live. 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 We're live. Every show, I do more and more histrionics and showmanship at the beginning, just because I don't know when exactly the stream will begin. There's this countdown, and then... Typically, people are like looking off to the side. They're not sure it's starting yet. They're, it's always just always awkward. But if you're in mid like dance moves, feels feels more seamless to start. No, it does. I wish it was you know panoramic. It isn't, but I, that's how I perceived it. Yeah. So the show today is basically going to be a makeup show where we started doing a super flex mock and we made it through two rounds because we were just. Uh, yammering away and then you had to go to a soccer match or something and then we had to shut it down we couldn't make it and you didn't even want to make it you were like listen man we've been at this for two hours shut this fucking thing down and i was like fine you know we we got all the our takes out on the key players here people understand the strategy uh, for super flex mocks super flex rookie drafts so okay shut her down right but we we've been having like complaints we never finished. You owe us round three, round four, round five of a super flex rookie draft. And I'm like, I, I agree. We're going to find time to go back and finish that mock. And, and, but since then, there's been all this news coming out. Traylon Burks can't breathe. Chris Olave is going to be the number one option. And I'm like, can we just redo the whole fucking thing? Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot has changed. Now, you know, you and I have talked in the past about how much of the pendulum swing on what we had already sort of, uh, you know, considered and, and put into the ranks up into this moment. And I, I might be, I might be more reserved than you. Uh, the swing for the fences may not be quite the same. So I'm interested to see uh, what your expectations are uh, in the super flex mock. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm just saying, look, I, things haven't really changed for me. So, so you're not moving Traylon Burks down. That's what you're saying? No, but I don't think I had Traylon Burks. You're not moving him? Well, I mean, where, where am I going to move him to? He can't breathe. Well, th- I think that there's some stories about that that are interesting. Uh, again, not a doctor. Every time this comes up, when the, the subject matter like this, where it's not a hamstring strain, it's not an ACL tear, it's not a neck issue, it's asthma. I am. I would love for it to be merely a hamstring strain. I would be fine with it. I think that there was some great points brought up about the asthma stuff that I've I've uh, injected into my brain after reading, and I think I'm, I'm, well, it'll be a good topic when it comes up. Please share. Please share. Yeah. So I, I basically spoiler alert before we even get started. I I now have 
Drake London completely and utterly locked in to the wide receiver one spot. And there's been some movement on the player profiler dynasty rankings, the rookie rankings. Ooh, there's been some movement. It's time to get real, people. It's time to get real. There's been some movement below Drake London. So let's get started. Let's bring us in. Let's do it. Bring us in. Bring us in, dude. Bring us in. Can you bring us in? Bring us in. Bring us in! Bring us in, dude! Bring us in! Can you bring us in? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. He's in the San Francisco offense, which is just a a wrecking ball for their own running backs. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to hear about Dudesbury going to... (laughs) Dudesbury Hall! I, I judge the current coach. He can't breathe. You opened that up with saying you were going to go rapid fire. I'm a cheap motherfucker. Is there really a train horn going on? Did you know what to Everton is uh, currently in the market for Connor Gallagher? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Everton. Anyway. I don't feel like I'm moving uphill at all. It feels very flat to me. I'm big media. You are. You're you're fake news. I appreciate it. I like doing this. You are fake news. This is baloney. You are fake news. This is baloney. This is baloney. Like it's where you go if you want to build an argument that player X is bad or that the same player is good. Player profile has got a metric for you. Is there really a train horn going on? You're doing a disservice to the program. GDLT. P. C. Yes, Nate, they're both talented. That was a good GDLT take by you right there. Is there really a train horn going on? What you're allowing to happen in this mock draft is criminal. I love Jamison Williams. I think that the Lions are under... Well, okay. I don't love Jamison Williams. Okay, I don't love Jamison Williams. I love Jamison Williams' upside. Jamison Williams could be easily the best wide receiver from this class. Is there really a train horn going on? Oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, my God. I forgot he was on the board. I would have gone Traylon Burks. No! No, I forgot! You think I'm going to, oh, please, Nate. Oh, please. Please let me go back and take Burks. No, I'm going to own it, man. It's called a mistake. I fucked up. You know, it's arrogance. Just arrogance. I was just celebrating my own team. Uh, waiting for you to make yet another catastrophic blunder like Pickett over Burks and Williams and Sky Moore. Horrendous pick. And I was just swimming in ecstasy and forgot that Burks was still on the board. You the, the, the Tennessee pollen count, that's what you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go with? That's how you're gonna rationalize this? Well, they said that the, the pollen in Arkansas and Tennessee are the same, so just to be clear. His lungs don't work. He's fucked. And it cracked. What if he breaks his inhaler and gets tackled on it? What's he going to do? How is he going to breathe? You have a guy coming off an ACL tear. Get out of here. You're talking about a guy with an unprecedented lung condition. Now it's my fault that I didn't finish your thought that had no value. I was trying to do you a favor, bro. They will both be good. And the veteran would outproduce the rookie in year one. That's really, that's what you're going to do. You're going to drive a stake into the earth and stake a claim to that as, as you adding value to the show. Really? 
This is the integrity of the show is at stake. What the fuck? You have a guy coming off an ACL tear. Get out of here. So congratulations. I teed you up for even more upside than I thought I was getting. You have a guy coming off an ACL tear. Get out of here. You've been running circles around me, my friend. I'm going to go Christian Watson and hate it. Okay. <laughs> I have a bunch of Watson already, and I, I hate every minute of it. I missed the gimme. I missed the gimme putt. Traylon Burks. We offered it to you, too, but you're like, no, I'll putt from here. And everyone's like, uh, w w what? I'm big media? Get out of here.